Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, July 6, 2021. Stand up for your country. Hope you had a nice weekend. Uh, four days of, uh, we had two and two here in the Northeast. Two uh, very rainy and two pretty nice days. Um, I didn't get out much because out where I was on Eastern Long Island was a zoo. There were just so many people all over the place. And I don't usually go into crowds anymore, um, you know, for a number of reasons. But um, I kind of just watched what was happening uh, on the media front because I was, uh, when I wasn't at the beach or jumping in the pool, um, I was following what was trending. And there were some nuts, but you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be with this anti-American stuff. So we'll get into that tonight. First, uh, Joe Biden's schedule, nothing. He didn't have anything today. Uh, you know, he's just back from the, the break. Come on, we can't, you know, he had a little remarks about COVID. Uh, now, how many times has he had remarks about COVID? Uh, is he using the same remarks or what is he doing? I don't know. I don't really care anymore because I've come to some conclusions about President Biden and I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But I'm going to play you two sound bites from his Fourth of July um, confab at the White House. Thousand people there, many of them uh, responders to COVID and uh, other disasters, and that was good. And they had a little barbecue, which means people got burgers and dogs, no filet mignon, um, and they got to see some fireworks out by the Washington Monument, which I guess is going to be renamed soon because old George had slaves. So, you know, I don't. I don't really know how that's all going to shake. All right. So uh, Joe Biden um, is it. I'm not worried for the country so much as concerned for Mr. Biden. Um, and I have to be very careful here. Most people that you listen to either are partisans or they're dishonest. If just because you're a partisan doesn't mean you're dishonest. You can be just a rabidly, um, you can be rooting for the Republicans, the Democrats, and not be dishonest. But a lot of commentators are dishonest. They, they will say what their management wants them to say for money. Now, when I first started out about 25 years ago in a commentary business, that was rare. The companies were looking for bright, articulate commentators on both sides. I know I was when I did the O'Reilly Factor. I wanted to get the smartest uh, left-wing people I could get and the smartest right-wing people to put them on because that uh, is much more interesting than get a bunch of dunderheads who are just reading the talking points delivered to them each morning. And that's what we have now. Um, but Joe Biden is a guy who has never really been an intellectual. He's never really been a, a trailblazer, not a lot of legislation under his name while he was in the Senate for all those years. He's kind of a, just a party apparatchnik a good old backslapping Paul. But now he has gone into another zone. And let me demonstrate to you what I'm talking about. All right. He sets up a 14 minute long speech on the White House lawn by saying something that is fuzzy. Go. We Americans, we believe in honesty and decency and treating everyone with dignity and respect, giving everyone a fair shot, demonizing no one, 
giving hate no safe harbor and leaving no one behind. We lead by the power of our example, not the example of our power. All right, obviously it was written for him. I don't even know if he knows what he's saying because you couldn't really say that if you knew what you were saying. So let me just take it, all right? We believe in honesty and decency. Who's we? Who's we? Your party, the Democratic Party, believes in honesty? Was President Trump covered it in an honest way? No thinking human being, even if you hate Donald Trump, could say that Donald Trump was covered in an honest way by the media or the Democratic Party. It's just flat out ridiculous. Does Biden really believe that we Americans, we believe in honesty and treating everyone with dignity, everyone with dignity? Does that include the unborn there, uh, Joe? They, they being treated with dignity? Okay, so this is blather, it's just garbage. All right, and, and if he wrote it over, he goes, yeah, I don't know, uh, demonizing no one. You know, I wrote a column over the weekend, I hope you, I hope you read it, <clears throat> called The Mean New Deal. It's on BillOReilly.com. I mean, we live in the most vicious age, with the exception of slavery, in the 1840s and 50s. We live in the most vicious age this country has ever seen. And this guy's saying we demonize no one? We give hate no safe harbor? Did you miss, did you miss all the George Floyd protests? You don't think there was hatred on both sides there? Both sides. So this is, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there going, this guy doesn't know what he's saying. And I've, I've been reporting this to you for now two months. He simply doesn't know what he is saying. He's the most powerful man in the world. They put the words on the screen. He reads the words. Okay, and this is how he wrapped up the 4th of July speech. Go. It's never, ever been a good bet to bet against America. Never. We just have to remember who we are. We are the United States of America. And there's nothing, nothing we can't do if we do it together. Together, Joe? This country's, as I said, more divided now than at any other time in our history except for the Civil War, the run-up to the Civil War. Together? You have polarized the country in the six months you have been in office. You have polarized the country into those who love the progressive left and those who hate the progressive left because you are a puppet of the progressive left. You do what they tell you to do. And you think we're all together here? Yeah, you're right. If Americans were together, you don't bet against the most powerful nation in the world, but we're not. We are tribal now, divided into red states and blue states. New York City is an out-of-control place. I live here. You can see it with your own eyes. Yet I go to Wyoming two weeks ago, and it's under control. There is no social discord on display in Wyoming. You think Wyoming and New York are together? Think the mentality that pervades in New York City and the mentality that pervades in Jackson, Wyoming is the same? Do you really? Really? 
But the danger here is that Biden is being manipulated and he doesn't know what he's saying or doing. Nobody could do a border policy like he has and know what you were doing. It's insane. The whole thing is collapsing. Violent crime and you don't mention defund the police and you don't mention young black criminal drug gangs. You don't even mention them. And you give a national address on violent crime. So I think we'll recover from him. And I think the economy is going to go south and that'll get the House and the Senate in Republican hands uh, in 2022. And that's the end of Joe Biden. As soon as Congress goes over to the GOP, the grand old party, Biden's done because he's weak anyway. And so is Kamala. Very weak. You know, you know, everybody knows. So the whole ticket brings nothing to healing the severe problems that America has. So when I watched it, I just went, you know, the guy, you can denigrate him and, and most commentators on the right will. But I see this as a cognitive thing now. I really do. I don't think he knows what's happening in America. So that means there are shadowy people behind him. And I suspect many of them are allied with the Obama administration that are basically running the show here. And Americans have no blanking clue who they are, what they're doing. Okay, so there's a poll by Tippin Sites. Never heard of it, but the poll looks to me pretty accurate. I was surprised. So the poll asks a very simple question. Are you proud to be an American? All right. So overall, about 82 percent of us are proud to be an American citizen and about 18 percent are not proud. I think that's right. I think there's about 20 percent of Americans who, for one reason or another, don't like their country. So then it goes into uh, age groups, 18 to 24. Only 36 percent are proud to be an American. Then it go bumps up 25 to 44, 59 percent. Huge, huge, great. Now, 18 to 24, you're coming right out of the indoctrination of college or high school. Um, And believe me, I am in the urchin world because I have two urchins. And I know what the urchins are doing and thinking. And I have to say, not all of them, but 75% of them know nothing. (laughs) They don't know anything. They live on the internet, they hear things, they read propaganda, they can't tell what's true and what is it. They have no historical frame of reference. They couldn't care less about what happened 30 years ago. You go Vietnam War, they have no clue. They don't know anything. So that group will know something as they progress in life because they'll have to if they want to earn a living. That's what happens. Once you get a job and you have children, you get married and you have responsibilities, then you have to wise up a little. Not everybody, but most people. All right. Then the next insight thing was ethnic. Proud to be an American white, 73 percent. Black Hispanic, 56 percent. You know, I wish they didn't lump in black and Hispanics together. I think the Hispanic number is higher than African-Americans. And I understand why African-Americans may not be proud to be an American. I do. 
I, I understand the history of it, every little thing I know. And if I were an African-American that didn't have a strong family background, I, I don't think I'd like my country either. And finally, um, on party lines, 64% of Democrats are proud to be Americans, 85% of Republicans are, Independents, 59% are proud. Now, in the independent crew are the anarchists, the Antifas, the blow-up people. They, they reject all parties. That's why that number is the lowest. All right, most patriotic states in the Union and least patriotic states. All right, this is all off the 4th of July. I hope you find it interesting. Let's do the most first. Now, here's the criteria. This was done by WalletHub. You know, WalletHub, I, I used to make fun of, but I think they're okay now. WalletHub.com. So they say, look, we, we made this uh, survey based upon the following. Vets, those who have served in the military, those who volunteer, those who give to charity, and highest voting rates. Seems to be pretty logical. All right, here are the uh, top five most patriotic in the country. Number one, Montana. Beautiful place. Alaska, beautiful place. Maryland, uh, I don't know if it's beautiful, but interesting. Vermont, beautiful place. Now, isn't that interesting? Vermont, the socialist paradise, is the number four patriotic state. And New Hampshire, which is exactly the opposite of Vermont, live free or die, is number five. The least patriotic states, everyone. New York is the least patriotic state. <laughs> Yeah, I can't argue. Florida, that surprised me. That surprised me. I guess it's too hot for people to come out and volunteer. I don't know. Uh, Connecticut, that's an appendage of New York. Michigan and California. Those are the least patriotic states. Now, I'm not saying that's accurate. I'm saying it's interesting. Now, in my opinion, and I did a radio interview with Mark Simone today, uh, the Disney Corporation is the most destructive major company in existence, okay? Destructive to America. Let me repeat, Disney Corporation, the most destructive company to America. Okay, so over the weekend, they have fireworks at Disneyland and Disney World. And in Tokyo, I guess they had them too. So in the past, the announcement was made that said, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dreamers of all ages. This was to set up the fireworks. Not anymore. Now, good evening, dreamers of all ages. So boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen have been wiped out of the Disney Corporation's lexicon. They don't want those words anymore because they're not inclusive. Ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls are not inclusive. Okay, now this is seditious, harmful, destructive to traditional America, insulting to religion, on and on and on and on. I will tell you that I will never in my entire life spend another penny on anything Disney puts out. Not calling for a boycott. That's not what we do. I'm not going to spend a nickel on Disney. 
But I understand that Disney won't take a huge financial hit by doing all this destructive stuff. Because most people are so kid-centric and their kids want to go to Disney World and Disneyland. They want to watch the Disney Channel. They want to buy the Disney gear. Children, and children don't understand. That's the calculation the Disney company is making. We'll still get the kids and the parents will fold, even if they don't like us, and they'll spend their money with us. So uh, we pointed this out. If you want to go to Disneyland or Disney World, it's going to cost you a couple of grand for a couple of days. And working class families, very tough. Poor families, impossible. They don't care. They want your money. But they want to be woke, too, because the Disney Corporation is centered in Los Angeles. And the Disney Corporation chieftains want to be invited to all the parties. Remember, Disney is a multimedia company. And they want to hang with the movie stars and the pop stars. And you can't hang with them unless you're woke. That's what this is all about. I know you're thinking, oh, no, it's impossible. It isn't impossible. I mean, it's no fun being a, a Disney executive unless you can go to Beverly Hills and hobnob with the stars. Now, on another note, and I do write about this in the, meaning, the Mean New Deal, my column, The View, <clears throat> on Friday... Meghan McCain, the token conservative on The View, said she's quitting the program. She doesn't want to move to New York. She wants to stay in Washington with her family. That may well be true. Okay? I don't know. I know Meghan a little bit. I don't have an opinion one way or the other on her other than seems to be um, an honest person. I, I used her on a factor once in a while. Um, I never had a problem with Meghan McCain. Um, now, there's been various reports, and I don't know if they're true or not, that the other liberal women on The View got Meghan McCain kicked off the show. I don't know. I do know that Joy Behar, Sonny Hostin, and Anna Navarro are three of the most hateful media people I have ever seen. They're haters. And the Disney Corporation knows that. Now, for the sake of two and a half million viewers, which is what The View gets, all right, you know, it's not a huge hit. It does all right in daytime. For the sake of two and a half million viewers, you ruin, because The View comes under ABC News. You put these three haters on. Remember Rosie O'Donnell? She was a hater. I mean, she did. But not Whoopi Goldberg so much. And Barbara Walters was the creator of The View, and she really had discipline on the program. So while she was there, it was left, but it wasn't hateful left. Now it is. And Disney is paying these people to hate and to be venomous and to insult Meghan McCain whenever they want to. And Meghan McCain was outnumbered three or four to one every day. Okay, <clears throat> let's go into um, violence. Now, one of my turning points on Joe Biden was his speech about crime in America, where he didn't mention defunding the police, the drug gangs, the minority pro crime problems, the anarchy, the in no enforcement of the law, the no bail law. didn't mention any of that. It was all the fault of gun dealers. The whole violent crime across the country, it's gun dealers. And Joe's going to take care of them. 
When I heard that speech, I said, this man is either lying or doesn't know what he's saying. And I'm coming down on the latter. Okay, so over the weekend, 4th of July weekend, uh, 560 Americans shot, 189 killed. This is 72 hours. All right, let me repeat. 516 shot, 189 killed. The vast majority of them African-American. Okay, New York City, 26 people shot. Los Angeles, 16 killed. We still don't know how many shot, but 16 dead in L.A. Chicago, 100 people shot in Chicago. Anybody surprised? No one is surprised. How long has it been going on? A decade? Joe Biden's the president. What are you going to do about it, Joe? Now, one of the things I'm going to ask Donald Trump tomorrow is about violent crime. I'm going to interview him tomorrow. I'll have more on that later on the program. Because he was president for four years. Now, the crime problem under Trump was not as intense as it is now, but it was ticking up. So I'm going to ask him about that. U.S. Supreme Court says uh, the Arizona voting law, the new law, is fine. Fine. And we all knew it was fine. And so is the Georgia law. And so are every other law I've seen. They don't, these laws don't disenfranchise blacks at all. So this was a six to three ruling, came out on Friday. May not have heard about it. So the Supreme Court upheld the Voting Rights Act, which was struck down by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals of California, the most liberal court in the world. In the world, all right? So the Supreme Court basically said, look, if you want to vote in person, all right, you have to vote at the right precinct in your area. If you don't, your vote doesn't count. We're not going to go searching around for votes. That's number one. And number two, if you want to vote by mail, there's only a couple of ways you can do it. All right. Family caregiver. So if you're old and can't get out of the house. All right. Mail carrier. So you hand it to your mailman or mailwoman or an election officials at your poll place. You can give the mail in ballot to him. That's it. Can't have guys running around so-called harvesting votes because that's corrupt. Okay, so that was upheld by the Supreme Court six to three. All right. And they said where a state provides multiple ways to vote, any burden imposed on voters who choose one of the available options cannot be evaluated without also taking into account the other available means, which means you can go to the polls. You can show up on Tuesday. So don't be whining that you can't get your mail and just put it in the mail. Now, the progressive left says any restriction, any restriction on voting is racist. So they say ID? No, because African-Americans apparently can't get an ID, which is everybody knows is false. Everybody has an ID. Social Security number, whatever it may be. If you don't have one, the state will send one to you free. But any restriction. So Juan Williams, who has become unbelievably left since I left, (laughs) he was, you know, I could have a conversation with him when I was on Fox. Now, forget it. He says, oh, the Supreme Court's destroyed fair voting in America. No, Juan. They haven't. And you're smart enough to know that. 
but you're spouting the progressive point of view because that's what you want to do. It's a lifestyle decision. All right, do you know this uh, woman, Shaw Carrie Richardson? It's one of the fastest women runners in the world. She's going to compete in the Olympics. So uh, they drug test all the Olympic athletes, and she had uh, marijuana in the system. So she's suspended for 30 days. But she will be able to run in Tokyo unless she smokes pot again. So the uh, World Anti-Doping Agency says no drugs, <clears throat> none. Can't use pot, can't use peyote, can't use heroin, nothing. Got to go in clean. Seems logical to me. No, 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 no. Not according to Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> so Ocasio-Cortez tweets, their decision lacks any scientific basis. It's rooted solely in the systemic racism that's long driven anti-marijuana laws. <laughs> systemic racism. Now. So what does that mean exactly, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez? Does that mean that African-Americans have to smoke pot? They or they smoke pot more than white Americans? I don't think that's true. In fact, I think white Americans probably use more marijuana than black Americans. So what is this anti-racism stuff? The athletic commission all over the world simply doesn't want any drugs in the systems while competing. Doesn't that make sense to you? So what is this racism? What are you saying exactly about African-Americans and other minorities and, and drugs. What are you saying? They have to use it. They want to use it more than whites. What? This kind of garbage, I mean, is just insane. Okay. Now, <clears throat> some of you know that I taught high school at Pace in Opelika, Florida, a suburb of Miami, a very tough ghetto neighborhood. I did that in the early 70s, and I enjoyed my time at Pace High. So when I was following <clears throat> the Surfside condo collapse in North Miami Beach, all right, I saw a survivor, a 15-year-old boy, Jonah Handler, was featured in some of the news accounts. Jonah goes to Pace High School. That caught my attention. So I looked into this a little bit more, and then I talked to one of our producers here on the No Spin News, a guy named Dave Brown, who's been with me for a long time, um, and he knows the family. He knows Jonah's family. So first, let me set up what happened. Go. A teenage boy, now identified as Jonah Handler, rescued from the rubble after part of the building he was in collapsed. You know, he was just screaming, don't leave me, don't leave me. Don't leave me. That's Nicholas Balboa, who happened to be in the area and heard Jonah's cries for help after parts of his high rise came crumbling down early Thursday morning, trapping him underneath. I saw an arm sticking out of the uh, the wreckage um, and he was screaming, you know, can you see me? You know, and whatnot. So we uh, we started to kind of climb up to him, um, you know, to, to to try and see if we could get him free. Um, but it, there was, it was too heavy, uh, too much rebar, stuff like that. It was going to take a, quite a bit of effort to get him out. But due to the amount of debris and wreckage, he was unsuccessful. You know, we got fire and police over there, so uh, I was able to signal a police officer using the, uh, the flashlight of my phone. Um, 
And so the police officer came over, he got up to him. A short time later, Jonah, who attends Monsignor Pace High School and plays on the school's junior varsity baseball team, was finally pulled from the wreckage with nothing but the clothes on his back and a few broken bones, along with his mother, whose injuries were told are more severe. And his mother, Stacy Fang, 54 years old, died. So, <clears throat> anyway, a terrible situation there, Stacy, because many Americans live in condos and apartments and they trust that the buildings are safe. And so this is so horrible because everybody goes, could this happen to me? Now, obviously, this is very rare, but the intensity of the story is very, very important. So let's bring in Dave Brown. He's down in Florida, a factor um, producer, and now works for us at the No Spin News here. Um, how did you meet Stacy? Uh, we went to middle school together, Bill. We've known each other since 1978, and we stayed, you know, we remained friends throughout the years. And do you know uh, what happened to her and Jonah? Were they in their apartment? Were they outside? So there were two booms. Around midnight, there was an initial boom. They went out to the balcony, and they went back into the house. They were both uneasy, and Stacy said, I'll get into bed with you. Um, when the second boom happened, the building went down, and... Stacy was pulled out of the rubble alive. Um, Jonah, as we saw, was pulled out. And Stacy died later on at the hospital. Um, so I guess right. they rode down. So they were in, in, the, in the condo. And then, you know, it's obviously a miracle that Jonah's still alive. Now, he's an only child, I understand, right? And his father um, lived away from the, you know, it was a split family. Um, there is a GoFundMe situation now for Jonah, correct? There, there is, yeah. There is a GoFundMe page that was set up by his father. Um, if you look up Stacy Fang or Jonah Handler, Miami condo collapse, you'll be able to donate for his future education, his well-being. Okay, well, that's a worthy thing to do. Um, my final question, and I, I don't want to get, you know, too emotional about this because it's just it's just very hard for you as a friend of this woman for so many years to process it. I won't put you through that, but just give me in a nutshell why you kept in touch with her for so many years. Um, I'm blessed that we come from an area. We're all still in touch. I mean, Facebook has helped, but um, the kids that I grew up with, the guys and the gals that go back to kindergarten and grade school through high school, um, we're still all really tight. Everybody's in touch with everybody. We were blessed. It was a certain place and time. And, uh, you know, she was just this beautiful lady, this beautiful girl that sat next to me in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, our friends were all still our friends. People from here that we went to grade school together with flew up for the funeral, which was buried in, uh, on Tuesday in, in Long Island. So we've, uh, we've all remained close, and it's um, heartbreaking. She was just a lovely, lovely person. Yeah, and we feel terrible for Jonah and his father, um, who will have to go on without her. All right, Dave, thanks very much. We really appreciate it. Um, now to the recession. So this is going to cook 
uh, Joe Biden. It's coming. I don't know how bad it's going to be. I don't know what's going to happen in the stock market. Don't panic. All right. Just be very cautious, very conservative in your investments because we're going to get a thump. Um, and here is an indicator that no one reports on. That's why you watch the no spin news. So car sales are dropping big time. And the reason is that prices are surging. So imported vehicle sales in the USA fell 13% in May, domestic 9%, truck sales 8%. These are all falling. Overall vehicle sales 11%. Why? Because the cost of both used vehicles and new vehicles are up big time. Why? Because of the parts. Because the parts can't ramp up. Now, you would think that Joe Biden would be aware of this and make it easier for the car companies to acquire, okay, parts wherever they could acquire them from, all right? So that's what a government does when it sees a weakness. And believe me, if car sales crater, and two months they have been, that's spilling over into everything else. That's how a recession starts. You get higher gas prices, higher energy prices, higher food prices. And now a big industry like the automobile industry, the vehicle industry is starting to go down big. That's what happens. Biden should know that. He doesn't know it or doesn't care. So that's what's happening. All right, history. This is an interesting story. <clears throat> July 6, 1957. All right, Elvis Presley breaking out. Leave it to Beaver, not on yet, but coming. All right, traditional America at its peak in 1957. When over in England, there were two guys, John Lennon and Paul McCartney. They meet for the first time on July 6, 1957, and they met at the Woolton Parish Church Garden Center, where they were having a fair. And John Lennon's band, the Quarrymen, was playing. He was 16. McCartney was 15. He liked the band. He stuck around when the band finished. They weren't famous. They were just local guys in Liverpool. All right. And he walked up to Lennon. They started talking and they became friends and collaborators. Okay. So the rest is, they, is as they say, history. But the history is unbelievable. So right now, the Beatles, the four of them, all right, after Lennon and McCartney uh, met, then they went through a, a number of bands and they finally got Harrison and Starr and they broke out in 1963. All right. So it took them a while, 57 to 63, to break out. They've sold close to 200 million records in the USA alone. 200 million in the USA alone. Now, I've sold 19 million books here, and I'm walking around like I'm a big shot. 200 million records. All right. Now, Garth Brooks, 156 million. Elvis, 147 million. So the Beatles, far and away the most successful. Now, you could say that this today is the most important day in Paul McCartney's life because it led him to become a man who is worth $1.2 billion, McCartney. And that's just on his talent. He's not a mogul. He didn't develop the iPhone. $1.2 billion, 
McCartney. Lennon, of course, was assassinated. All right, quick break. Back with a uh, good mail segment. Then I'm going to tell you about my interview with Donald Trump tomorrow. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. All right, let's go to the mail. Paul, Bill, if the fake media is doing so poorly, how can they afford the million-dollar salaries for their so-called talent? Salaries in uh, TV news cratering. All right? So I hit it at the right time. And I was the highest-paid broadcaster in history. Did you know that? True. Um, but now, boom. Uh, Wes, I wonder what Walt Disney would have to say about his company today. Walt Disney was a very conservative man, not an inclusive guy. He uh, didn't like African-Americans. You know, Walt was a mixed legacy. Uh, Judy, what a break. What a great program the no spin news is very informative entertaining not boring i haven't heard about the courts blocking payments to minority farmers and was happy the constitution was upheld the supreme court is doing a pretty good job by going on the intent of the founding fathers um bruce brunsvold at salt lake city who do you think will be the other name on the trump ticket in 2024 the frontrunners right now are Governor DeSantis in Florida, who wants to run himself for president, and Christy Noem, the governor of South Dakota. Now, there are other people, but I think those two are in front. Paul Butko, Sarasota, Florida. Bill, being a sagacious person, thank you very much, Paul, sagacious. Maybe you can explain how the state of California can ban citizens from traveling to Florida. They're not banning citizens. California is banning state workers from going to any state that's not woke, but not citizens. They can't do that. State workers, they can. They say, look, you're not traveling on business to these states. Wayne Furman, Boise, Idaho. Why is it that Pelosi and Schumer are so enthusiastic about investigating January 6th, but fail to see the importance of the origin of COVID in Wuhan, China? You know the answer to that question, Wayne. Politics, all right? What does it gain the Democratic Party if the virus is traced back to Wuhan and a leak in that lab? Nothing. But if they can use January 6th to batter the Republican Party, that's what they're going to do. Ryan Millich, uh, Duncanville, Texas. Bill, you write a weekly column, post five messages of the day each week, write and sign books, answer emails, broadcast four days a week, run charity foundations, appear on Hannity, Beck, Bernie and Sid, and Simone's Frederick, radio programs, and walk Holly the terror dog. Raise your kids and are going on tour with President Trump. What is the secret to managing your time? I'm exhausted just reading that. 
Do I do a lot, Holly? It's discipline. And I'm writing another book. It's due Friday. Discipline. But sometimes it gets a little overwhelming, I have to admit. Leslie Griffin, Le Center, Washington. Just want to say thank you. Bill, my husband and I sit down for dinner, watch you on our 65-inch TV. It's almost like having you over for dinner. Thank you, Leslie. I appreciate that. Tina Tedero, Statesville, North Carolina, just finished killing the mob, couldn't put it down. I cannot believe how many things the mob controlled. Yes, that's the focus of the book. So Trump tickets, uh, BillOReilly.com has them. Killing the mob, become a premium concierge member, get the book free. Uh, Word of the day, do not be feckless when writing to us. Back with a preview of my interview with Donald Trump tomorrow. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings, against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD. Or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD. Or text GOLD to 65532. All right, here's the final thought of the day. So I'm going to New Jersey to interview Donald Trump tomorrow after I record the No Spin News. This is going to be a very, very factual interview. Not all over the place. It's a preview of the Trump O'Reilly history tour. I'm going to have it for you on Thursday. You'll be able to see it right here on all the venues, radio, TV. Okay. And I think you're going to be very impressed with how this comes off. There are a lot of questions I have for the 45th president of the United States. A lot of questions that have never been answered. So we're going to give you a taste of what the tour is going to be. So spread the word. We're on First TV. We're on 300 radio stations. We're on BillOReilly.com. We're all over the place. You can catch us. That'll be Thursday, the Trump O'Reilly interview. I have to always make sure I put Trump first because he is a star. He is. We'll see you tomorrow.